here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right, now let's get right into God's word. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Now remember, this teaching came from another teaching that we were doing. Renew your mind. Remember, we, we, we talked about renew your mind. And then after, renew your mind is really how you were saved. Remember, you need to get that teaching. There's 18 tapes on renew your mind. That's how you're saved. Amen. How, how you renew your mind. All right. Then once, once you become a new creation in Christ, now you have what you need in Christ. So that's why last week we taught on last week God's will for us is to be holy. All right. Now that same word holy is talking about new creation in Christ. Because without being in Christ, you can't be holy because Christ is the one that sanctifies us. You're not holy unless you're in Christ, all right? So all this other stuff had nothing to do with your sanctification, all right? You got to live a holy life, all right? Put away a lot of things, but you do that when God puts you in Christ, all right? Then you got to live holy, all right? Now what we want to do, we want to get into the day's teaching Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verse 17 through verse number 20 because in this teaching, this is going to bring us into uh, our second part, our second part. So I'm going to be reading Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. It says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now that's our series. God wants you understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now that word understanding, he's talking about exact knowledge. He's talking about the same knowledge that the Apostle Paul had from the Holy Ghost when he wrote the book. That's when you got understanding. Remember, understanding is the trinity of, of God's power. You have God's wisdom, God's knowledge, and God's understanding. That's why Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get understanding. Remember, but that is the keeper. Understanding is the one that keeps you, all right? All right, now, let's move into God's Word. Today, we're going to get into uh, part four under this volume one, Understanding the Word of the Lord. And we have come to a place where we have gotten to a place in Christ. Uh, and this word, God changed my message. Thank God for it. Not my message, but his message. And he began to show me some things uh, in the Apostle Paul life. And when I read this, I went over to 1 Thessalonians. Uh, let's just do that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 3. Then we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, these are things that we're going to read at the beginning of all the teaching because it's going to show you about the will of the Lord. All right? So here he says, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, that's the one we taught last week on be holy. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you shall abstain from fornication. Now, last week we gave you that and we showed you there were four things. You read Acts chapter 15 and you will see the latter part when James began to talk. There are four things that God wanted from the Gentiles. One of those was abstain from fornication. Now, those things that you see is what Paul is going to minister on throughout his whole teaching. Let's, let me show you that. Let's go back to Acts chapter 15. I want to show you these things because once you see them, then you'll be able to know Paul is going to teach that throughout his whole teaching. That way you'll know what his teaching is about. Now, Acts chapter 15, verse 1, we're going to look at that first, and then I'm going to go over to uh, the, the verse 22, Acts 15, 1, and then I'm going to skip over to verse 22. I'm showing you these are the four things that God said for the Gentiles not to do. Now, all of the other stuff that people got in churches, what, it, what God wants the church to do, did not come from the Bible. That's religion and tradition of men. God told us what he wanted us to do in this chapter. Acts 15, and verse 1, and Satan men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and says, except you be circumcised after the man of Moses, you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved. Now, 
Now they went, Paul, next verse, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain of the other of them, certain other of them, should go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So Paul and Barnabas, they get together with, with some other elders, and now they go to Jerusalem about this question because they want to find out and make it clear what you want the Gentiles to do. Because Paul was over the Gentiles. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. So in verse number uh, 22, that same chapter, they're going to, uh, they're going to write a letter, but let's bag up to verse 19. Let's bag up and let's catch it at verse 19. We are in uh, Acts 15, 19. Verse 19 says, Wherefore my sentence is, here it is, that we abstain, that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are, tr are turned to God. Let's not trouble the Gentiles, try to keep them, to, for them to keep the law like we're doing. This is what we want them to do but that we write to them, them Gentiles, that number one, they abstain from pollution of idols, number one. Number two, they abstain from fornication, number three. They abstain from things strangled, number four. They abstain from blood. And then it says, for Moses of old time has in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogue every day. All right, so not have them to keep the law of Moses. So it goes on in verse number 22 says, Then please it the apostles and the elders and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, named Judas, surnamed Barnabas, Barsabas, uh, Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters. That's why we have epistles in the New Covenant. They wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and the elders and the brothers and the greeters. This is why you, our salvation is based upon the apostles and the prophets and the elders. This is why, because they wrote the letters telling us what we ought to do. Send greeters to the brothers which are, in, which are Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia. And what it is, in verse 24, for as much as we have heard, certain which went out of from us have troubled you with words. You're going to hear Paul talk about men that came out and troubled us, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised, keep the law of whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you, and he, he named them our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the same, for the name, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, and he named two more, who shall also tell you the same thing by mouth. So they sent four different guys out, Paul and Barnabas, Silas, and also uh, uh, Silas and Judas. And then verse 28, for it seemed good, verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay up on you, listen to this, to lay up on you no greater burdens than these necessary things. Now watch this. He said, he didn't say nothing about Gentiles and water baptism. Didn't say nothing to the Gentiles about bread on the table, bread and wine. He didn't say nothing to the Gentiles about foot washing. He didn't say nothing about for the Gentiles to do no circumcision, no animal sacrifice, none of that stuff. Watch this once again, verse number 28. This is not my doctrine. Watch what it says. It seemed good to, to the Holy Ghost. Now, you do know the Holy Ghost is God, right? And to us, to lay up on the Gentiles no greater burden than these four necessary things. That he going to name them again for the third time. That you abstain from meats, off the idols, abstain from blood. So he's continuing to tell them the over and over the same thing. Things strangled from fornication. Watch this. If you keep yourselves, you shall do well, farewell. So, we, so when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. When they had gathered the mother two together, 
They delivered the epistle. Now, when you follow Paul's writing, remember, they delivered the epistle. We showed you two times, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said, I have given to you what was delivered unto me. See, if you just follow the word, he said, I have preached to you what was delivered to me. So they, dis they dismissed, verse 30, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. They rejoiced. All right, now, let's see what they delivered. Let's show you again. 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 11. Watch what Paul says in verse 23. Let's show it on the screen. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Paul told you, I'm going to show you two scriptures, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. And the word of God is going to tell you what they delivered. Amen. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 23. I have received of the Lord that which I delivered. There it is. I receive of the Lord that which I delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he break it. See, that's how he got his revelation. Because first it was natural. So they God showed him what they did when they Jesus died. Well, Paul wasn't there before Jesus died, but they delivered that to the apostle Paul. All right, what else they delivered? First Corinthians 15. And verse 1, moreover, brothers, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach to you that you also have received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Here it is, I deliver to you. Verse number 3, first of all, that which I also received. So what did he receive? He's talking about the epistles that they had agreed on in the book of Acts chapter 15. That's why your salvation is based upon the apostles, prophets, and the elders. All right, what they had agreed on. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. All right, now, let's get into the word of God today, shall we? Because I want to show you that that's, that's why you must understand. If you're going to understand the word of God, you got to stay within the word of God. Most churches, what we're doing is we're not preaching the gospel of Christ. We're not preaching grace. We're preaching religion, tradition of man. We are telling the church what we want them to do. And most people go to church, don't even recognize it. Nowhere in the Bible God told you to water baptize. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. First Corinthians. Let me show it. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. First Corinthians 1 7. Now Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles. But watch what Paul is going to say. First Corinthians 1 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Christ sent me not to baptize. I mean, is, don't you see that? What people are preaching to you is the book of Acts. Not 1 Corinthians. Christ sent me not to baptize. Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles. But to preach the gospel not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You're not saved by water baptism. You are saved by the gospel of Christ. Watch what the next verse says. See, that's why we are teaching today, telling you about God's, about rejoicing. Rejoice always in the Lord. That's my subject. Rejoice always in the Lord. We're going to get into it in just a moment. But watch this. In 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, Watch this, it is the power of God. The power of God now is the preaching of the cross. Watch this, it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring the nothing to understand of the prudent. Where are the wise, where are the scribes, where are the disputers of this world? Has God not made the foolishness of, foolish, has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, by wisdom they knew not God. Please God, it pleased God, by the foolishness of preaching, talking about Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, to save them that believe. 
and yet people will tell you the same about water baptism. Verse 22 says, For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but Paul said, We preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greek, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God. Christ, the power of God. Christ, the power of God. And the wisdom of God. All right? So if you're going to preach the wisdom of God and the power of God, you've got to preach Christ. That's not what people are telling you how you're saved. They tell you to say about water baptism. All right, now, what we want to do is we want to get back into our message today. What we are talking about, rejoice always in the Lord. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which we never got there, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, we're going to show you the will of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, Paul read this, we're going to get this sooner or later from verse 12 down to verse 19, but in verse 22. We're going to read that, but not now. We're going to pick out verse number 16 because he told you to rejoice evermore. And then verse 17, pray without ceasing. We're in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Then he said, pray without ceasing. Then verse 18, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. See, all of these are, is God's will. Not just one, all of these are God's will. So I'm, I'm going to be getting, and then you get down to verse 22, you'll see it. First Thessalonians 5, 22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. See, we're going to get to that, we're going to look at all of it. All right, now what I want to do is, is to go back to my teaching today. So I was at 2 Corinthians. Now let's go back there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, because I want to pick that up, because the Lord wanted me to minister a little bit more from that on the second teaching today. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, I want to show you why Paul said rejoice forevermore. Now, we gave you that in Philippians. Let me go back and show you that again. Philippians 4, 4. Philippians 4, 4, just one verse. Uh, I'm going to show you Philippians 3, 1 and Philippians 4, 4. I'm going to show you both of them. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Found him, my brother. Now, remember, all the way through his teaching, he's reminding the church to rejoice. Now, that's very important. The word we call rejoice. The word re means do it again. Keep doing it. Rejoice. Continue to rejoice. Continue to be glad. Found him, my brother. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, that's our teaching today. Rejoice always in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Now, if you go over to the same next place, now if, uh, let me read a couple more verses here. Philippians 3, verse 2. Watch what he's going to say. Now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Now, concision was people who want to actually be circumcised to be saved. All right, then in verse 3. We are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. Watch this. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. Say that word again, rejoice. And have no confidence in the flesh. Now, why would he say that? Because people are telling you you got to be water baptized to be saved. Well, what are you baptizing? What are you washing? You're washing the person's flesh. All right? That's, that's not what God's doing. He says, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. The spirit. Water baptism is not spirit. All right. Now, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. And let's go, let's go to work. Chapter number 1. Blessed be God. Verse number 3. Philippians 4.4. 4. I didn't even do that one. Let me move on. Philippians 4.4. 4. All right. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. All right. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right. So now, now I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. So Paul is all through his teaching. He's reminding the church to rejoice. But now we're going to move to a place where he's he going to show you There'll be some suffering in, in your life, but he still reminded you to rejoice. And then he is our role model, I call him. 
of a person who suffered. I don't think nobody suffered more than the Apostle Paul in his ministry, and yet, and yet he rejoiced. I don't think nobody suffered as much as the Apostle Paul in his ministry, but yet Paul rejoiced. So that's what we want to look at. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are reading verse 3. He said, the Father of mercies. The Father of mercies. And then, and then it says, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them that are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So why did God comfort us? Why the joy of the Lord so is so powerful? Now I told you this morning, if you don't have Christ in you, if Christ is not in you, God's joy is not in you neither. So we're not talking about something outside. We're not talking about something you do in the flesh. We're talking about something that happened to you automatically by the Holy Ghost. I want you to put a scripture down, and that's Romans 14, 17. Because this is so very important. You cannot rejoice if the Holy Ghost is not in you. Look at that verse, Romans 14, 17. Very powerful verse. You cannot rejoice if the Holy Ghost is not in you. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. All right? That's Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Now you can see what the joy is. Where's righteousness? Where's peace? In the Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost is not in you, God's righteousness is not in you. If the Holy Ghost is not in you, God's peace is not in you. If the Holy Ghost is not in you, God's joy is not in you. So you cannot rejoice if you don't have the Holy Spirit. You cannot joy, you cannot rejoice if you don't have the Holy Spirit. All right? So Romans 14, 17, that's the kingdom of God. Now what I want to do is go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because he's going to tell you that you're going to go through some suffering. But then he's going to tell you that the Holy Ghost in you, responsibility is to comfort you. And that's what the spirit of joy in you is for. Now, righteousness, and I'm going to show you God's righteousness, is, 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 is a weapon of our warfare. I'm going to show you that. Then I'm going to show you if peace is in your soul that passes all understanding, that God can keep your heart. That's what the peace does. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's go to Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, chapter number 8, verse 10. Nehemiah, you're going to do that before the book of Job. You got to go back to Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah said something. Nehemiah chapter 8. And verse number 10. Nehemiah. All right. It says, then, then he said to them, go your way. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, send potions to them of whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. Now remember, we're going to show you those two words. Neither be sorry. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I want you to be able to say that to somebody who listens to this television broadcast right now out there on Facebook. The joy of the Lord is your strength. See, what, now what does this mean? I'm going to show you. You got to know the joy of the Lord is your strength because we're getting ready to go into some deep things showing you what the will of the Lord is. God's will, I'm going to show you, is so you will be strong in the Lord. The Bible told you in Ephesians 6 and 10, I'm going to go there in a moment, 
told you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Well, how are you going to be strong in the Lord if you don't know how to operate in joy? When you don't know how to let your joy, let the joy, you got to let the spirit of the Lord in you deliver you from grief and sorrow so the joy of your Lord can come forth in your life. And I'm going to show you how to do it. I told you this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that today because you're going to have to count God faithful. I'm, I'm going to show you how to walk in this stuff. When God allows you to go through a situation, you're going to have to count him faithful. That's how you're going to get to the other side. Because you're coming out with joy. Somebody, somebody said it, I'm coming out with joy. Well, if I'm going to come out with joy, i got to count him faithful. If I don't count him faithful, I can't get out of the situation. He's the one going to bring me out of it. Who you think brought Israel into Egypt? How did they get in Egypt? God brought them in Egypt. God brought Israel into Egypt through Joseph. Remember, there was a famine in the land where Israel was living, Jacob was living. And Joseph sent for them. God put Joseph into Egypt so he could bring Israel into Egypt. Now, they could sit here and say all they want how bad God was. He the one let this happen to us. He brought us into Egypt. Uh, all the da-da-da-da. They could have went on and on. But they hadn't seen God's plan. God has a plan for your life. Somebody, somebody ought to help me preach out there. God has a plan for your life. You got to count God faithful. Because you don't know everything God doing in your life. Man, I'm telling you, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit just blows your mind if you just let him work in your life. Stop trying to figure everything out. Trust God. Nehemiah told us the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, let's go back because we're going to be looking at all of that good stuff. All right. Now, here Paul has talked about uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, chapter 1, I'm sorry, he talked about confidence. I'm going to read this quickly because I want to get to uh, somewhere else, okay? I, something else I want to bring into this. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I will just read down uh, the verse 3. But I want to read this time out the NLT like I promised you this morning. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 3. I'm going to read this out of the NLT if I can do that this morning. In verse 3, all praise to the God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. The Father by Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father, and he is the source of all comfort. Just think about that. He is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort others. That's awesome, man. God comforts us in all our trouble so we can comfort others. Now, that's the awesome thing that God showed me is if I don't allow God to comfort me, means if I don't let God deliver me from sorrow, if I don't let God deliver me from hurt and from, from things I've gone through, how am I going to help somebody else when they go through this similar situation? Watch this. Watch what Paul says. He said he comforted us in verse 4 in all our troubles, so we can comfort others when they are troubled. We'll be able to give them the same comfort God gave us. Then in verse 5 said, the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. God Almighty, look at his ways. The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Verse 6, even when we were, are weighed down with troubles, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for our comfort and salvation. When we are ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort others. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. 
we are confident, that's that word, that as you share in our suffering, you would also share in the comfort God gives us. So you got to understand, everybody that's going to live godly go share in the persecution. If you're going to live godly, then you're going to have to share in the persecution. Now, watch what it says in verse 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, we're in the same chapter 1 and verse 8, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed. We were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we start relying on ourselves and we learned, there it is, because when I show it to you again, Paul said, I learned, he said, I learned to rely on God. So why do God allow you to go through things? So you can learn to rely on God. He allows situations to come in your life so you would trust him who raised the dead. Verse 10 says, and he did rescue us. Well, let me tell you. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. Did that work? We have placed our confidence in him. He will continue to rescue us. God's not going to fail you. Trust him. Watch what he says. Trust him. Now, let me show you this word, why it's so important. I gave you this morning, and I'm going to spend some time here. I, I feel like the Lord wanted me to do that, not to rush through this, because I got a lot here. So I want to go back to 1 Corinthians while I'm in the uh, NLT here and read chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And there was one verse I read this morning, verse 13. And I was about to move on, and the Spirit of God said, you need to go back and talk about that a little more. And has, it has to do is God is faithful. So I want somebody to put it out there on that way, because somebody needs to know this. The way you get out of sorrow, back into rejoicing, is to count God faithful. Whatever happened in your life, God Worked it out for your good. We, we gave that this morning, Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are to call according to his purpose. So you got to come to a place to realize whatever God allowed in your life, it was for your good. God looking out for you because you don't know what's going on next week. You don't know what's going to happen next week. So God wants to make sure he, do, he take care of you. And sometimes God has to take people out of your life to get you what, get you what he wants you to be. God's an awesome God. What if Christ had not died? You ever thought about that? What if Christ had not died? He could not have gotten us out of sin. He could not have gotten us back to himself again. He could not have put us back in the spirit. So what, when Christ allowed Jesus to die, I'm quite sure his mother, his disciples, and everybody, his family members, thought that the worst thing that could happen, that God would give us a Savior and take him away. See, but now he's both Lord and Christ. Isn't that awesome? See, so God knew what he was doing, so we got to trust him. So what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes, God is faithful. See, if you're going to understand the will of the Lord, then you're going to have to trust God. Because you, you walk by faith now. You, you, you're operating in faith now. That means you're doing things that you don't understand. You're doing things that you don't understand. You're going places that you don't really know what you're doing. You, you, you're out here like it was with Peter in the boat, I mean, he going to get out and walk on the water. Now, I mean, when you get out and start walking on the water, you, you out there. 
So you're going to have to trust God when you get out there. Because he's the only one that can cause you to stand. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, is what I'm going to read out of the NLT. Verse 13 says, the temptation in your life are no different than what others experience. So the temptation going in your life is no different than what others have experienced. That's, a, that's an awesome thing. And then it stops right there and says, but God is faithful. NLT said, and God is faithful. He would not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He would not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He said, but when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. So every time you go through something, God already got a way out. Every situation coming in your life, God already knows how you're going to get out of it. But God wants to know, are you going to rejoice always in the Lord? I want you to say that to somebody. Rejoice in the Lord always. Whatever you're going through, are you going to rejoice? Because you got to get to the, you got to get to joy, the joy operating in your life, and so you can rejoice, so you can comfort other folk with the comfort you've been comforted. Now, let's move on. I want to show you that first, because we, we got a lot in this teaching. This this is this going to take us down the road. All right. Now let's look at let's look at the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to go to Second Corinthians, and I'm, I remember we just we walking through Second Corinthians. And we just got through with chapter 1, verse 3. But there's some more in 2 Corinthians that I want you to look at. We looked at 2 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 6 and verse 3. See, 2 Corinthians is filled with this stuff. Uh, matter of fact, I just passed 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll we be right back to 6 in a moment. We've got to go to chapter 4 first. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, watch this Apostle Paul talk about this in the first two verses. Now, I'm going to read this out of the NLT. That's where I am. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In the NLT, we're going to read the first two verses. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. And then I'm going to skip down. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Then I'm going to skip down. All right. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then I'm going to skip down to verse number 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, since God is God in his mercy has given us this new way. Now, this new way is the gospel of Christ and the gospel of grace. We never give up. That's why I want you to, I want you to shout it out. Tell somebody, never give up. Come on, God has given you his grace. He's given you his favor. Never give up. There's always a way out. That's why my daughter this morning, she sang, sang a, a song this morning, God will provide. God will provide. Regardless of what you're going through, you're going to have to count God's faithful this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse number 2, he just told you, verse 1 said, Therefore, since God is his, in his mercy has given us a new way, we never give up, Paul says. We reject all shameful deeds and, under, and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone and distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God. And all who are honest know this. See, that's how it is with your pastor. I'm not, not going to lie for you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie for you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. But let's look over in verse number 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Now, in verse 7 says, we have had this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God. Our great power is from God. 
The message that I have for you today is from God. I, when I minister you the word, I got the word from God. Not from ourselves. I'm not ministering you from me. I'm ministering you the word of the Lord that came to me by the Holy Spirit. We are pressed, Paul says, on every side. Now, you, you got to hear this stuff here. We are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. See, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. You got, to hold, you got to understand God is faithful. We are never abandoned by God. We get, we, get, we get knocked down, Paul says, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our body continues to share in the death of Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. What's he talking about? We are suffering, but you are comforted. And then in verse 11, he said, but yes, we, we live under constant danger of death. But we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be the evidence in our dying body. So we live in the face of death. But this has result in eternal life for you. Everything he's talking about is how he's going through the suffering, but they are comforted. See, death is working in him, but life is working in you. So that's how you're doing when you live a godly Christian life. You're giving yourself. You're going through suffering. You're going through things. But, but look what happened. Other folks are being blessed. That's, how you, that's why you've got to rejoice. God knows what he's doing. All right. Now, with that in mind, let's move on. Because I, I can just keep going on and on and on. But, but I got some more to show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're moving right along. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, we're going to start reading verse 3. And watch what Paul says. Now, this, this is an awesome chapter. Paul is talking about how you're supposed to know he's a minister of God. So you got a person who's telling you they're a pastor, they're a minister. Here's the flow chart. Here's the flow chart. Verse number three, give it no offense. Now, what, what do that mean? I'm reading out of NLT. Okay, you and the King James, I stay there for right now. Give it no offense. Give it no offense in anything that the minister be not blamed. So he's telling you the, the reason he living a life is so the ministry won't be blamed. See, if people are gonna follow your ministry, you got to you got to be holy, you got to live holy. And then you're going to have to be faithful to the God who's faithful to you. And that's what I'm showing you. I'm showing you right now God is faithful. This, this verse right here, then I'm going to get into it and show you God is faithful. Look at verse number four. He says, verse three says, Giving to our friends that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, watch this, approving ourselves. Commending ourselves, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Now, he's telling you how to prove who he is. How did you do it, Paul? He said, I do it in much patience. I do it in afflictions. I do it in necessities. I do it in distresses. I do it in stripes. I do it in imprisonments. I do it in tumults and labels, and watching, and fasting. And then he said, in verse 6, he, he changed the tune from in to by. B-Y. Verse 4 and 5, in. Verse 6 and 7, by. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness in the Holy Ghost, by the love and fence, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report, good report, as deceivers and yet true. And then it says, as unknown yet well known. So he moved, he moved from the end to the by, 
to the heirs. Three words. In, by, and as. So he says, as deceivers, yet true. As unknown, yet well known. As dying, and behold, we live. As chastened, and not killed. As sorrowful, and yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet make, making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Isn't that awesome? He gave you the ends and the by and the as of his ministry. What an awesome God we serve. He's telling you, this is how you know that I am who I am. Now, God is faithful. That's where I want to go to. We're here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go back to verse 13. We'll get into that part next week, what I just was on. But I need to go back and show you what the Spirit of God showed me, that I need to share this a little more on how faithful God is. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. There has no temptation taken you. Now watch what God says. But search is coming to man. Otherwise, everybody goes through the same things. But God is faithful. Now that's the word I want you to underline out there. But God is faithful. I want, I want that shouted to the rooftop. But God is faithful. Because we're getting ready to show you some scriptures. Let's go now to... When the Bible said God is faithful, I want you to write these down. God is true. When the Bible said God is faithful, it means what? God is true. Here's another one. God keeps his word. He's faithful. Number two, he keeps his word. He's trustworthy. Now, to be trustworthy means you can trust him. So that brings out another word, reliable. You know the song, Reliable God? God's reliable. That's what it means. Reliable God. He's true. He keeps his covenant. He keeps his word. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. Here's another one. He will not lie. That's God. See, God is true to his word. Now, all that put together is what faithful means. So now you got to understand that's how God wants you to be. See, when you, when you are like your God, you're true, you keep the word, you keep covenant, you're trustworthy, you're reliable, yet you won't lie. That's how you are when you're with God. All right, that's how, that's how God is. Now, let's show you Paul, and let me show you why Paul got in the ministry. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1.12. Let's go to work. Why did Paul get in the ministry? See, you see a lot of people in the ministry, and you know they have no business in ministry because they don't meet the qualification God looks for. They want to go by the word, I was baptized in water in Jesus' name, and I have the precious Holy Ghost. Are you faithful? Because God did not put you in the ministry if you're not. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Watch what Paul says. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me one word. What is it? Faithful. I'm waiting on the screen. He says, and I thank, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, put in me in the ministry. God's, God's not going to put you in the ministry if you're not faithful. Look, look what Paul said. Paul said, before I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was injurious, injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. God counted me faithful. And then he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Then he says, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners in whom I'm chief. 
Isn't that something? See, people could not understand why would God use Paul in ministry. There it is, because Paul was faithful. Even though Paul was doing what he was doing, he was faithful in what he was doing. God's not going to call you when you're not faithful in another man to give you your own. He's not going to do that. You've got to prove to God you're faithful because that's how God is. Our God is faithful. Let's show you, let's show you another one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I showed you those. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 and 17. Let me go back there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 and 17. 1 Corinthians 4. Verse 2 and 17. Now watch, watch, what, watch what, how you get in ministry. More is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. See, God's not going to put you in ministry if you're not found faithful. That's the first thing I read, 1 Timothy 1.12. Let me write that in my Bible. 1 Timothy Chapter 1 and verse number 12. 1 Timothy 1, 12. All right? That's what has to happen. you got to be faithful. God's not going to put you in ministry if he can't trust you. All right? Now, let's look at another one. 1 Timothy chapter, 1 Corinthians 4, I'm sorry, and verse 17. 1 Corinthians 4, 17. Watch what it says. For this cause I've sent to you Timotheus who is my beloved son, watch this, and faithful in the Lord. Isn't that something? Watch what he said about Tim. He's faithful in the Lord. He shall bring you in remembrance of my way, not his ways. See, when you're in ministry, you're not trying to show people who you are. You want to show people the person over you. Oh, let me say that again. When you're in ministry, you are not trying to show the people who you are, you there to help show the people the person you under. That's how you work in ministry. You help exalt the persons over you and God will give you your own. This cause have I sent to you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son, faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into my ways, not his, which be in Christ as I teach it everywhere. In every city. So when you go somewhere, you said, My pastor sent me. I'm here on the behalf of my pastor. You're not here on your behalf when you're in ministry. You're here to serve your pastor. That's faithful. You got to be faithful to the person over you in the Lord. All right? Let's look at another. 1 Corinthians. No. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 1 9. We're right here in 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9. This word is just filled with this stuff. Watch what it says in 1 Corinthians. God is faithful. Now that's all the way through Paul's writing. God is faithful. By whom you are called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. All the way through Paul's writing, over and over and over, Paul continued to tell you God is faithful. That's what it's all about. If he's going to rejoice in the Lord always, he got to have confidence in God. You may be going through something for a sorrow right now, but listen, you got to understand the way you get out of it, you got to count God faithful. You got to trust him. That's what it means. You got to know he's going to keep his word. You got to know he did it for your behalf. He would not lie to you. He's reliable. That's the kind of God we serve. Look at 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 2 and 2. Let's go over to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. We got about four and a half minutes. 2 Timothy. Thank God for his word. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. Paul said in verse number 1, 2 Timothy 2 and 1. Thou therefore, my son, watch this, be strong. How in the world he going to be strong? You know why? Nehemiah 8 and 10 said, The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's how you're going to be strong. And if you don't learn to operate in joy, how are you going to be strong? The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said, Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Then he says, And the thing that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, 
the same commit thou, watch this, to faithful men. He told Timothy, what you've heard about me, commit this ministry to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Then he said, look, endure hardness, verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness of the good soldier of Jesus Christ. What was he going to tell him? No man that warreth entangled himself with the fails of this life, that he might please him, him, not you, him who has chosen you to be a soldier. So you got to understand something, man. God watching your walk. God watching your walk. Let's look at another one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. I mean, that's, there are more. I'm just, I just want to get a few of them in. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. Word of God just filled with this stuff. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. Paul has given us his final instruction. Watch one of the last things he's going to say to him. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also would do it. He's telling, he's telling this young man, look, you're not going to be the one who don't have to do this. In verse 23, he just told him, the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Well, you're not going to do that. God's doing that. God's the one sanctifying you holy. He said, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. You think you're the one going to do that? Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful is he that calleth you who also would do it. Remember, everything that's happening in your life is the Lord. You're not in the hands of the devil. God lives in you when you're saved. The devil's not ruling and reigning in your life. All right, look at 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Word of God just filled with these nuggets, man. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. Look, look what Paul says. But the Lord is faithful. Now I'm going to start verse 1. I'm going to back up this because I'm going to close out with this. King James, finally my brothers. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1. Finally my brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And they and that we may be delivered. Why would say, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men? How many know he was delivered? Because God is faithful. He was delivered. He said, and he delivered and be delivered from all men. Because all men have not faith. But then it says in verse 3, but the Lord. <laughs> but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. See, the Lord is the only one. Look, you don't, you don't get away from evil by yourself. You, you don't stop doing evil by yourself. The Lord keeps you from evil. You got to give God some praise in this house. God is the one that keeps you from you are not You are not that good, no better than I am, but the Lord keep us from evil. And then it said, verse 4, and we have confidence in the Lord. Confidence. And that's what you got to have in the Lord is confidence. Hey, my time is already gone, man. This hour has passed by already. My God Almighty, I got so much on this word here, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Today, we talked about rejoice. May have some more of that for next week, brother. I haven't even touched base with you. I'm going to show you how the apostle Paul was able to rejoice. He counted God faithful. He is faithful that promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is what God has done for you because he wants you saved. 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver you first of all that which I also received, Paul says, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. The apostle Paul told us Christ's death, being resurrection, is how he was saved. If you want this same Holy Spirit, if you want the same Holy Spirit that lives in your pastor, you must receive the same Jesus who died on the cross. 
You've got to believe Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. And God gives you the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that of Christ. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. He will come and live inside of you if you receive Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 